0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have a great show. We have Greg Thompson lined up. He is from the cover, uh, from Cover One. He covers all things Bills. Guy is amazing. We love him around here. He's a frequent flyer. Oh, anytime we talk about Bills, uh, so that's going to be a great conversation. We of course have five minute fantasy right down the right down the line. Right, all, almost playoffs. Playoffs next week. So it's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music.
1: Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And
0: it's gone intercepted. Intercepted the the happy to bring to have you on again man we really appreciate it you are uh you're one of the best guys that that we talk to of course we go way back to our locker room days um but but we're very happy to have you on and of course you do great work over at cover one and uh and we appreciate you coming on with us
2: yeah thank you man uh excited to talk about it it's uh it's fun i feel like there was a a weird window obviously I, i grew up in a stretch where bills versus patriots wasn't that exciting i grew up in like the kelly marino era then you know, it switched around the other way and the Bills were rivals with a, the Patriots like a hammer is a rival with a nail. Um, and then last year, it flipped around the other way and it, it was, you know, not quite as as fun going into it the other way. This year is is what I want. Both teams ready to go. The division on the line. This game really matters. Uh, it's, it's exciting to have a, a real true rivalry.
3: Yeah, and I, I was saying after the game on Sunday, I think this is... Um, probably their most important game in three years. I mean, the the last one that kinda comes to mind was Brady's last home game. That was obviously a playoff game, wild Card Weekend. We try to forget about that one around here. But uh in terms of regular season, I can't this this has those vibes and you know, Pat and Keegan will kind of get this and I'm sure you too, Greg. Like growing up when you'd play, you know, Peyton Manning, right? Like yeah. when I was growing up or you know, for a little bit, Mahomes and Brady, when they were kind of going back and forth a few years ago, this has kind of the vibe to it. And the best part is these two could develop a nice little rivalry over the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. I don't think either teams are going anywhere. They're just going to keep improving. Um, This will be a lot of fun to watch. Um, And it starts on Monday. I think this is uh, great for football, great for the division, and great for both franchises, two passionate franchises. And, uh, you know, they get to play them twice in four weeks, twice in three games with the Patriots with a bye mixed in. But, uh, wow, what a, what a way the schedule worked out! I, I like how they did that.
2: No, it's crazy. I, I like having the backloaded division games. It it truly adds you know leverage into it. And if you look at this matchup, I think the differentiation for each team of your odds of winning the division, making the playoffs, number one seed. There is. this is the biggest swing in the NFL. This is the biggest game of the week. This is one of the biggest games of the year. Um, It's going to have a huge factor in who ends up the number one seed, who wins the division, who hosts playoff games. Um, I think both teams have a pretty good shot at the playoffs either way, Uh, but this is going to make a huge difference in in where they play those games.
3: Now, in your opinion, what's what's the biggest thing? Sorry to cut you off, Pat. I'm sorry. There's a little awkward silence there. I figured I'd jump in. (laughs) But, in your opinion, where is this game one? Is it one in the trenches? Um, you know, Patriots got gashed for two seventy last week on the ground. Something I'm sure we'll get into. I, you know, I haven't studied the Bills too much, but from what I've seen from you and and just out there on NFL Twitter, they seem to hate to run the ball. They hate establishing the run. They did a little bit on Thanksgiving. I noticed um, they kind of explored a little bit first first New Orleans. I thought Josh Allen that was one of his best games I've seen him play. But where is I, I guess the Bills' weakness and where does this where is this game won?
2: So obviously, I think the the Titans game is a good example where controlling the trenches doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the game. They put up 270 yards rushing they got smoked. Um, So deciding it's going to be the turnover differential, the toxic play differential. It's going to be who has more big plays, who has more turnovers. Um, Now, a big piece of that can be who controls the trenches. So that could be the factor that ends up uh, doing that. If you give Josh Allen time... You know, I I think we saw last year, J.C. Jackson's fantastic. If you give him time, nobody can cover Stephon Diggs for that long. Um, It's just not feasible. So if you get pressure on Josh Allen, then the coverage ability in the back seven becomes a bigger issue. guys aren't able to uh, gain separation. Um, You know, if you're able to create space, Dawson Knox has been a problem downfield. He's a big athletic guy. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been able to create space. You're able to do that. All those things require time. Stephon Diggs is the only one who can really win instantly and win immediately. Uh, they've been able to do that. They've incorporated a little bit more into some of the quicker bubble screens. They've gotten a little bit more into some of the swing plays, You know, a, a mix of the run uh, and the short pass being an extension of the run game. They've tried to incorporate that more because, like you said, the, the Bills are not a running team. They are the pass-heaviest team in the NFL, or top three, depending on the week and and, and where they are with the Chiefs and some of those other teams. Uh, In a neutral game script, if they have their choice, they're going to pass, they're going to pass, and they're going to pass again. Uh, They don't pass 100% of the time, but they'd love it to be 70%. In the 30%, they try to be effective. They tried to mix in a little more speed with Matt Breida so that they're able to at least threaten the other team. You saw him take a nice screen to the house uh, last week, and he is explosive if he gets himself outside. He has a little bit uh for us around here a little bit of that cj spiller where he always tries to turn the corner he always tries to take it to the edge uh doesn't necessarily get his foot in the ground and get going but i will say that was why he wasn't playing they seem to have drilled it into him enough here this last game he looked pretty good he was putting his foot in the ground and going making decisive cuts setting up blocks um that's about all you can ask it's You're not going to have to worry about the run game. That's not going to be the reason we win or lose. But if it can be enough to keep, you know, the linebackers and safeties just having to take that one false step on the play action, that can be enough to get some guys open.
1: And I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit more, more specifically the front lines, because I think Ike Bodiger is how you say it. He, Whether he's starting or John Feliciano, like I think that's kind of a big deal for New England because a lot of their pass rush lately has come from the interior. So, how do you think, you know, Feliciano's, is he close to coming back? Do you think he'll be there? And if he isn't, I think the Patriots would love to have Buffalo throw the ball 40 times. That kind of play right into what they're looking to do. Yeah,
2: it, you know, it's one of those things where I'm I'm not 100% sure it matters because neither of them are blocking Christian Barmore. Um, so, I if, yep. you know, John Feliciano is a better run blocker. And more experienced. Eichbacher is actually maybe a little bit better pass blocker, but he just doesn't have the anchor in the run game. Um, So if they have their choice, uh, they did activate the practice window for John Feliciano. He returned off of IR. He's eligible to return on Monday. He practiced in full. So I'm going to assume... He had no injury designation. He practiced in full. I'm going to assume that means they anticipate him being back. If they have their choice, um, obviously, Spencer Brown got brought back as well. The benefit of that is he's very athletic. He has quick feet. He has at least a shot to stay in front of Judon. He's going to move his feet as well as anybody is. He's inexperienced. Uh, Judon's going to get him once or twice, you know, at some ex- experienced counter moves, uh, but he at least has the feet to stay in front of him what that really allows is Daryl Williams to kick in at guard. He's a much better guard than anybody else that we have. So if we have the combination to get Cody Ford out of there and we only need one of Botger Feliciano, then all of a sudden you're reducing the amount of weak links in that chain. Deanne Dawkins is going to be solid at left tackle. Morris has been very good at center. Uh, Williams is an above average good guard. He's okay at tackle. And then Spencer Brown has actually been pretty solid as a rookie out at right tackle. If we can limit that... You know, you're know, you still going to have to shift some of the protection schemes. You're going to have to give Feliciano help against Bacher or Guy or Godchow or anybody. Um, but at least it's only one spot you have to plan for. When it's two, right. it's really hard. Morse can only help in one direction. It's not as easy to have a linebacker or a running back or a tight end help on a guard. It's easier to chip on a tackle. Um, so they're able to kind of shift the protections there. At the beginning of the year, the five they wanted are those five. Dawkins, Feliciano, Morse, Williams, and Brown. It's Even with that, it's an average line. It's not the strength of the unit. What that's going to do is, hey, can you be good enough where Josh Allen's mobility can make up the rest? And then between an average line and Allen's mobility, can that give all those receivers, you know, Gabe Davis and and Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox, everybody time, Cole Beasley in the slot. Then they can really cause damage because there's so many options to go to. And that piece together has produced some good things. When they lose that, now all of a sudden Allen's running for his life and constantly, you know. Then you get into the scene, ghosts and that kind of crap. Because if you're getting rushed every single play, by the end of the game, you start to anticipate it. He falls for that like anybody.
0: Yeah. So, go ahead. Pat. No, I was just gonna say, have you seen, have you seen a regression from Allen? I mean, I know people have talked about it. Have you seen a regression from Allen this year, or do you feel like he's on the same track he was last year? Obviously, last year he played uh, otherworldly. Last year. I think he's still been good this year, but I think people kind of jumped off the bandwagon a little bit earlier this year. Uh, And I think that was a little, a little premature to be honest with you, but I'm just curious about, uh, about your thoughts about how he's playing.
2: Yeah. It's, it's way closer to last year than it is to his historic levels. So um, I think last year it, it looked easy and it looked fun and there was a lot of, you know, celebrations and huge blowout wins. There's been more, Weird challenging game. So, there's this last week was another one of them. There are four or five games on the calendar where, at the end of the game, our first question on the post game show is, Man, what's wrong with the offense? Why isn't Josh Allen clicking? And I'm like, Guys, they just they went 31 to six. Like, yeah, I, I guess it could have been better, they could have put up 45, but they won 31 to 60 threw four touchdowns what do you want um we the same question after a 45 you know 40 to nothing win against Houston uh 26 to 11 against Miami 45 to 7 against the Jets and the first question of the post game show man the offense just didn't look right why were they struggling and like they punted once like what do you guys want um so it it's not i will say aesthetically and just from the feel that you get it doesn't feel as easy as it was last year but i also kind of think they took teams by surprise last year teams it took half the half the season for teams to say and I know you've done it for a while here, but I still don't think you can beat man coverage. I'm just going to keep going man and bet that you can. And he did. He kept beating it over and over again. Eventually, they said, all right, all right, all right. We'll drop back in the too high shell. We'll just play zone. See if you have the discipline to dink and dunk down the field. We bet you don't. And then he still found some ways to to get some some shots. He has the arm to hit that honey hole shot over over top of the corner. He's able to do some things like that. But th- some of those things early, he had some Just crazy stat lines when teams were just daring them to beat man and they kept doing it. So this year he's had to do the disciplined, slow death by a thousand paper cuts all year. He hasn't had those huge chunk plays other than, you know, he still has the broken plays where he breaks out in the backfield. Um, I think because of that and because he has had, you know, last year he probably had some some good Uh, turnover luck where there was some turnover worthy throws that didn't go this year, him, Mahomes, other guys like that. Some of those tip balls that fluttered in the air and fell to the ground didn't go. You know, last year, last week, you guys saw the Titans linebacker hit him right in the chest. It would have been a pick six. He dropped it to the ground. Sometimes those balls hit the ground. Sometimes they don't. Uh, This year, fewer of them are hitting the ground and more of them are, you know, awesome, miraculous diving interceptions. Quan Alexander had one last week. It was an amazing pick, you know, it was a tip ball. Those were hitting the ground last year. This year, Quan Alexander made an amazing play. He picked it off. That's not that different than what he was last year. And, you know, last year he had eight interceptions. This year he has 10. It's it's not like he has 20. You know, I think there's some things where, you know, regression is, is he lesser than last year? Yes. It's probably like 2 or 5%. It's not back to what he was in 2018, 2019.
3: And speaking of, you know, guys missing time, kind of earlier to your earlier point, um, you know, Duggar. Obviously, gets landed on the COVID list today. He is vaccinated, um, but like you had said, it is difficult to test positive on a Wednesday, have two negative tests in a, in a two-day period, and then play on Monday. Uh, that's a big miss for the Patriots. And you know, tackle schmackles. Everyone you know says that he's their leading tackler with 80, 80 on the year. That's a guy who's you know Devin McCourty spoke super highly of after the Browns game, uh, how well he can he can play in the box. He's really good in short moments. They, they've played him all over the place. Um, and I think with, with Knox having a pretty good year, I, I'd be interested to see how they scheme things up. Um, Duggar's kind of taken over and Belichick talked about, it. he's taking over that Pat Chung role, which is super underrated in their defense. Somebody that can, you can line up all over, almost play a little linebacker for you, shut down the tight end game. Um, so that's a big miss for them. I, I wonder how, you know, uh, Adrian Phillips factors in now, does that kind of move him out of his, his spot in that hybrid role? Um, I guess Keegan, what, what do you think their their game plan is with with you know say no Duggar and you gotta limit Knox, you know, kind of through the seam and, and they like to move him all over athletic guy.
1: It's so I think we've talked about it, right, with Adrian Phillips and Duggar, where they have two players who can do kind of the same stuff. But Duggar is a load. Like he's you know, whatever, six foot one, two hundred and thirty pounds. He plays like a linebacker. Adrian Phillips probably twenty pounds lighter two inches short, you know, so you just don't have the size there. I think that's going to be a struggle with a Dawson Knox type guy who he's got a little bit of both, a little bit of size. So he'll have the size advantage over Phillips. And then he'll also probably be able to run with him. I think, I think that's an issue without Duggar. Cause we've talked about it. I feel like every week where Duggar, every week he gets better. And I've been on the bandwagon since like the second they drafted him. I know you guys were on it early, not when you, when you incorporate a guy like that into the defense and you're hoping that he can take over the secondary one day and then one week he's gone, that's tough to just plug and play a guy who's getting you know 60% of the snaps in, in Phillips and being like, hey, here's 100%. This is your assignment. I don't think that's the kind of player he is right now.
2: I was heartbroken when you guys taken him. I loved him at the senior bowl. I wanted him so badly. And from everything that we've heard, he was the Bill's target there, you know, coming up at uh, at the pick. They ended up taking AJ Epinesa uh, at that spot. He's fantastic. And he's, as we were doing our film prep, getting ready for this, He's such a difficult guy to prepare for because you don't know where he's going to be. They're able to move him, and, and you you talked about the interchangeability. That's the value of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in the Bills defense. They don't have a strong safety or a free safety. They have two guys who can do both things, and they're able to disguise coverages because you don't know who's in what role. They can have one guy literally up on the line posturing like a blitz, and he's actually playing the deep third, and they're just disguising cover three, and he can get back there fast enough where you, you, they're able to to pull it off. Um, you know, again, it's very possible that he could play. I don't think there's a ton of precedent for guys flipping that around within five days, but I, I don't think it's zero. Uh, so, you know, obviously uh, I never, you know, I'm not happy to see a guy get COVID. That's terrible. I hope he's healthy. I hope he's safe. Hope he's back in play. And I want teams to be both teams at full health playing each other. And even if it's not this game, They'll obviously face him in the next matchup uh, when it's there. Uh, it's one of our biggest concerns, uh, his ability to disguise where he's at. Those are some of the spots that Josh Allen has missed uh, it, here is. It hasn't been staring down a receiver and having a bad throw on the guy in coverage getting it. It's staring down the receiver and the guy he doesn't see off in his peripheral cutting across. And that's Duggar to a T. It's just not realizing yep. he's there in that joker roll floating around. So
0: question for you that i'll, I'll kind of get off the maybe off the specifics i guess because we're we're getting deep into it who do you think is a bigger game for like do you think it's a bigger game for the bills or a bigger game for the B-? because here's here's my thing right pages are one six in a row they've looked unbelievable they're outscoring people like crazy they've been fantastic
1: 27 points a game that over six right. weeks yeah 27 points per game over six yeah, instance, weeks and yeah. spags tweeted it out they haven't let up a second half point in a month yeah, That's yeah.
0: true. That's gross.
2: That is true. Yeah, so I, uh, I think
1: I saw sixty-four to nothing in the second half in the last month. Degree, yeah, yeah.
3: But,
0: it's so I think the number. My favorite one, I think, is uh, since since they were down twenty-two to nine, um, since they were down twenty-two to nine to the Texans. I think it's yeah. like two fifty-six to ninety-eight since that moment, oh, which gross. is just outrageous. See, uh,
3: but and I'll yeah, I'll go for. I I think it's a bigger game for the Patriots simply because we were talking about it before. They, they seemingly passed a test every single week, right? Like last week was, you know, the Titans are beat up. It's going to be cold. Mac Jones is a Florida kid, played, played at Alabama. How's he going to do? 310 yards, career high, two touchdowns, you know, missed some throws, that's going to happen. Um, but I, I think this is a true test, right? Like he caught the Browns at home. Um, you know, I still think their best win of the year was in L.A. simply because that was yep. the turning point of their You can't season.
2: convince me that wasn't a home game, too. Yeah, you get, right. right. You, you go gotta,
3: it's a home game for everybody that plays there if they travel well. Um, but I think it's for the Patriots because this is a – went to the AFC championship game. Um, you know, they've – even though they've done it for a year in, in terms of the bills, they won the division last year. You went to the AFC title game. They they run the division until otherwise. So um, I think this is a good proving ground for the Patriots. If they're able to go into Buffalo on a Monday night, biggest game of Mac Jones' career, uh, and pull one out, I think that's when you can really go from oh my god they're actually pretenders in the AFC to like no they're they're the dark they are not a dark horse they're they're the favorite to to you know go to the Super Bowl.
2: The the winner of this game is the favorite in the AFC and is the favorite yeah. to go to the Super Bowl. Um leading into the season, early in the season, I would have said there's more pressure on the Bills just because Everyone was picking them. They, you know, they, they were everyone's pick to, to represent the AFC. You, you know, national groups. You know, heck, the, the one in the the athletic, four out of five people had them as their Super Bowl pick for this year is a very odd sensation for Bills. No one ever picks us for for anything. Um now you turn that around, the Bills have lost three out of five. The Patriots have won six in a row. The Bills lost Trey White. Um, you know, obviously you guys are well aware of the national media. You know, everyone is is on the Patriots now. It's uh it's certainly flipped around to the point where, you know, people are questioning the point spread. Should the Patriots be favored in this game? Um, I think that at minimum there's equal pressure um or potentially even more pressure or expectation on the patriots in this spot which is odd in a game that the bills are the defending division champs the bills were you know the pick by most people coming in here um you know privately i i don't mind that the bills have actually performed by far the best when they kind of have that bunker mentality nobody believes in this kind of sensation uh so i love the fact that Stephen a smith won't shut up and calen cowherd won't shut up and that i know that sean mcdermott's playing those in a loop in the locker room and in the weight room um so i love that, that, that that's the energy that's floating around um i will say that doesn't mean that there's not plenty of pressure on the bills and plenty of expectation um it's a home game they did win the division last year. They swept the division last year. There's still expectation that they're able to right the ship and get this straightened out here, but it's a lot closer to equal than I would have anticipated early on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the Patriots have won six straight, but it's like, who did they beat in, the, in those six games? Like, Cleveland stinks. Like, Cleveland's not a good team, objectively. Like, we can see that now. The charges are up and down. Like who knows what's going on there? Obviously, the Titans are a good team, but like, the Cody Hollister, <laughs> Cody Hollister was their number one wide receiver on Sunday. Cody freaking Hollister was the number one, and so like, and so it's like, yes, of course, there are question marks there. But it's interesting when you look at the Patriots. Okay, now you get this, but then you get Indy next, and then you got Buffalo, and then you know, and then it's Jacksonville, and. and um Jacksonville, Miami to finish yeah, it off. Both
2: teams, both teams have some cupcakes. The Bills and Falcons, Jets. They both have a cushion yes. at the end, but both of them have an SD month. The Bills go yeah. Patriots, Buccaneers, Panthers, Patriots. Right. But we're going to know everything within the next month,
0: and that's the big thing for me. Is is the Bills like the Patriots could be the home? If the Patriots win on Sunday, the home Patriots game against the Bills could be a hat and t shirt game because yeah. because if they win. Buffalo's going into Tampa next week on a short week. That's very conceivable they could lose that game. And if they lose that game... The Patriots could be clinching the division against Buffalo. And so is that that's where you start playing those things around. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, CBS has it locked. It's the 425, 425. Nance Romo yeah. game. So okay. they actually blocked it from getting moved because right. apparently NBC requested to move it to the Sunday night game. CBS blocked it as their primary Nance Romo game for that week. Yeah. I would assume that's the Buffalo the Patriots
1: are playing Indy on Saturday. Yes. yes. So they, yes. That was yes, the second is.
2: choice. Yeah, it's why they got. Bobbed. They they requested to move the Bucks Bills game, but it got denied by CBS.
0: I assume Buffalo will be playing. I assume the Patriot the second Patriots game is scheduled for one o'clock. I would imagine that that game will be getting flexed. I was because, actually surprised
2: it didn't already in the in the recent round that just got announced. I was right. surprised it didn't get moved already. Yeah, me too. There, there's a. It's a. I looked. It's Tennessee 49ers Cowboys. That
3: week. That's the that's the Sunday night game. Tennessee versus San
2: Francisco. I looked today. I thought it was Dallas in San Francisco. Is it? But yeah, one of those two. I, I thought oh, yeah. Dallas was involved, which is the only reason I hesitated to say, "Can Jerry Jones stop it from getting I moved if they're on a Sunday well, night?" Even
0: even just a four twenty-five. You know, not not necessarily a Sunday night. Even just sure. A 425. Put it in the prime it's, window because that's the thing. You get it in the prime window. That's what yeah. you want because you know, especially if. And I think it doesn't really matter who wins but especially, you know, the team that wins this weekend, like you said, is the favorite and the other team is nipping at their heels regardless of what goes what goes on. So
2: uh Niners Titans is Thursday night. The Sunday night game is uh Cowboys uh Washington football team. So it's I not a great. I think this is game. a bigger divisional game. Than oh, it's way, way bigger for actual <laughs> yeah. game purposes. Yeah. Um moving an NFC East game out of the primetime slate would be yeah. something to see, but uh, Revolutionary. it should be it should be moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, Good question
0: from Murphy about the, about the new stadium in Buffalo. What is going on with the new stadium? Because we hear a bunch of stuff, obviously what, what's going on. We're not obviously in the, you know, in the everyday there.
2: Um, So they've done all the normal steps they've gone through. They've hired the, you know, the civic engineers, they've hired the architects they have got their proposals. They asked for an option to put it downtown um, that was never realistically a chance the The amount of infrastructure you would have to redo to put a stadium downtown with the roadways and the traffic in and out it would have added another $500 million onto the project where they're already going to be asking to kind of split it with, you know, paying for part and paying for the stuff through uh, all the whatever crazy tax programs that they do to, to build those things. Um, the real question is whether they're going to do like Seattle with kind of a partial roof over mm. the stands. Are they going to do like a retractable roof where you can uh, bring it in and out? I don't think they're going to do a full dome right now. The the current model is very similar to seattle it's actually going to be in orchard park like across the street from the stadium where they can build it while they're still playing in the current stadium and then knock down the current stadium make it into a parking and practice facility and just have it next door um How long be is ralph Wilson around? Okay. um so ralph so ralph died um the, he he had a stadium yeah um oh the stadium the, yeah it's the original since six. That's what I thought, um, right? Yeah. So, um, so like, it had a couple hundred there? million dollar renovation about ten years ago, um, but it was not to the level of what they did in like Soldier Field and Arrowhead and Lambeau. Uh, so matter of fact, so take it back. Uh, Soldier Field and Arrowhead were the initial model. It was hey, can they build up around the original historic stadium? What they're going to do is what they did at Lambeau, where at Lambeau they just built it across the street. Right. built it up, then they knocked down the original, made the original into Hall of Fame, practice facility, fan experience, parking. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do the exact same thing. They're just going to build it across the street while they're playing in the current one so there's not as much stress on the timeline. Then they'll cool knock the down the too. current. Yeah, yeah, knock down the current. Lot. Yeah, turn it into a parking lot, fan experience, practice facility. Um, And, you know, from what I read, it was another, like, $400 million to do the uh, retractable roof. So right now that's not in the budget of what they're considering, but there a lot of fans are clamoring for that. They want that option to be able to have it closed. I'll be kind of surprised if they do. I don't live in the County, so I'm not a taxpayer. So I just get to talk about it and don't have to pay for it.
0: There you go. That's nice. All right. So uh, we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap up our, our, our bills discussion here. Give us a prediction on the game. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in the game on Monday night?
2: So obviously I'm biased so um i I, I can't I, I can try that's, what we want. that's what I can we want. try okay. my best to be objective um the bills are at home the bills are supposed to win this game if you're the defending division champ you were the people Super Bowl pick um i I'd be lying if I said I'm not nervous about losing Trey White he's a huge piece of this defense he is a genuine lockdown corner. I mean, you know, you guys lose J.C. Jackson, all of a sudden it's it's not the same thing. You can't do, right. there's some things you can't do on Diva. There are things I talked about with uh, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde where you can do exotic disguised coverages because you can leave a third of the field completely isolated and not have to worry about it because, oh, don't worry, Trey, I'll take care of everything over there. You can't do that with Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. They have to help more to the outside. Now, the luxury is... Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyatt are really good at that. So I actually think they're going to be able to help hide the loss of Trey White more than some people are anticipating. Now, Is that going to be offset by some of the disguised looks where they're creating some turnovers that now they won't have the opportunity to do? Probably. But I don't think it's going to be this gaping hole that some people thought because they have two really good safeties who can help be a safety blanket on an awful lot of that. I think it'll be enough that they're going to be able to keep uh, things in front of them. If you talk about... What the Patriots offense is, incredible timing, trying to build for Yak, trying to set Mac up to be able to get the ball out quickly to the right guy with anticipation and good timing. That's what the Bills invite. That's what their defense is built to do is to let guys catch it and then rally and tackle. Don't give up the big play, rally and tackle. Um, I think they're going to be able to do enough of that. I think that there is going to be some problem with the run game. I think there will be a big play or two broken off. I think there will be some coverage challenges or uh, protection challenges. I think that Judon and Barmore and and those guys are going to get home once or twice. I also think Joshua's going to be able to get loose once or twice. And I think if you give Diggs time, he will be a problem to be able to keep up with. I think they'll be able to make one more play than the Patriots. I don't think anyone's pulling away. I think this is going to be a tight, you know, really contested game back and forth. Um, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of points. I I have it 24-20, and I think it's going to be a late uh, score that's going to be able to do it. Um, But I I have the Bills pointed out 24-20.
3: Yeah, this is – and Patriots fans will hate to hear it, but, like, this streak's going to end eventually. You know, like – I don't mean to sound so negative, but the last time a team went on, like, an absurd stretch like this, was that I can remember from the Patriots' perspective was oh four when they lost they were two and two and that's when they started that you know the longest streak in NFL history whatever it was twenty oh three oh three to oh four yeah yeah so I think these two teams are going to split you know uh, Patriots have a tough little schedule because they have the bye next week right it's yep. Buffalo bye Indy okay at so, Indy yep.
2: home against Buffalo
3: they got a tough little three game stretch here I mean if they go three and oh I'd be shocked. Oh. So,
2: I mean, if they go three and oh, they're rightfully the Super Bowl favorites,
3: right? In their number one seed, probably yeah. locked by yeah, yeah, you know, they, they have to win one out of the next two or whatever it is. But yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I think the no Trey White will be interesting how they can, you know, who they attack and, and what they kind of do to open some things up offensively. Um, Patriots are missing a good defender too, likely, right? With Duggar, so. <laughs> It it'll be it'll be tough. I I wanna see what the Patriots do from a game plan perspective, like almost daring them to run the ball or, or, or whatnot, but this will be this will be a tough test. I'm I'm super excited. It sucks. It's Monday night. I wish it was you know Sunday 4:25, like perfect spot for this. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I do the same great, thing all the time. Great attention.
2: Bills fans love primetime games. That's them It sucks when you create content. I got to do a post game show after worse. a nighttime game. Yeah. Sunday uh, 1 p.m. is elite football time. I'll take all the 1 p.m. games. I love the, oh, the four four twenty five. Four is nice. It, it, it yeah. is nice. want on there? Key, what do you I
1: think? I have like to be in bed by like nine. You know. <laughs> good yeah. Good luck with so. that.
0: What, what do you? Um, what you take here? I,
1: I I've got the Patriots losing the next two. Uh, yeah. I think this game reminds me. Obviously, there's no Brady factor here, but this game reminds me a lot of the the Tampa Bay game, where I think it's going to be kind of Buffalo's the better football team, and they show that throughout the game. But the Patriots stay in it because they've that's what they do. They they stick around, and they're a pain in the ass. But I, I just think Buffalo's so much better right now. Uh, mu- I think maybe in a, a month that, from now.
3: I could see, not to cut you, I could see Allen having, like having a really good game or a really bad, I, I, I can't right. well, see in between.
2: Jo- I, I mean, I brought it up on our show. Josh Allen is the number one front runner in the NFL. And, and I say that in like both directions. I don't mean that derogatorily. Like if he gets rolling, he can smoke anyone. Like right. that, that when they get rolling and he gets all that confidence and swagger going, he'll throw up 40 points on anybody. Like he, he can get going. If you get him early and he feels like he has to throw the team on his back and has to score 14 points with every throw, he'll overdo it. And he'll be Superman and he'll have three turnovers because he's trying to win the game on every single throw. Um, so like it or not, we're going to know who's going to win this game pretty early. Like I think that I'd bet a nickel the team winning at the end of the first quarter is going to win the game. And I'd bet a lot that the team winning at halftime is going to win the game.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. And and listen, we'll go four for four here. We're going to go four for four because I I'm, I'm predicting the, the bills win as well. Here's my thing. I want the Patriots to go into Buffalo and play. Well, that's all I want. That's all I want. And I want them to not be stupid and don't make dumb mistakes and play well. And if they do that to me, that's a win. That's a win to me. If they can do that. Now, if you if you look at it and say, okay, if the Bills show over
3: the moral losses, they've they've won six in a row. You know correct. what I mean? It's yeah, the correct. only thing. It's like no, but to hard me, to swallow a game like that because they are good enough to win games.
0: You know? Yes, but but to me, I I just I don't want them to go in and just lay an egg. That's what that's what I'm saying. I think the Bills are a better team than they are I, overall right now. Again, egg.
3: divisional game, they, they would you know like they could play the.
0: Dolphins I know. Today. I'm, listen, I'm just play. saying. I'm just yeah, saying. But I think if the Bills lose it, or if if Josh you know, has a bad game or the Patriots can force some turnovers, then I think you you get a win. But for me.
2: Well, but both teams have games like that. Take the the Cowboys game for you guys. Take the Titans game for the Bills. Like, is it frustrating when you lose those games? Yeah, but you didn't lay an egg. Like, you were in it back and forth, huge plays. There's, you know, a big play turns it here at the end. Oh, man, If and then everybody spends the next week's Yeah, but if just this had to happen, we would have done, you know, it. I I expect that kind of game. I don't expect either team to smoke anybody in this game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think teams could trade the lead. Um, I think that you could have one of those things, maybe one team's ahead by 10 points, then uh, the other team scores. It's within three, then by 10 again, then within three, then by 10, then within three. That kind of thing where it's always right there catching up. Um, I I don't expect it to be some crazy blowout either direction, Um, but it's going to be something where it's – it matters a lot. It's fun that this is uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, really it's fun. fun that this is finally a debate. I, I'm I'm just excited to be invited to the party. This is fun that now <laughs> we can actually debate who's going to win these games. Right.
0: Yeah. It should but be fun.
2: I appreciate the opportunity, guys. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Of course. Of course, man. Thank you. Listen, we do. We we, we can let you go because I know you got places to do. We do a five minute fantasy segment. I I see you're in twenty four fantasy leagues. So would you like to stay? First literally pat, I think. It is double me. I, I'm in twelve. I thought that was a lot. Oh, it's it's uh, twelve
2: is a lot. Twenty-four <laughs> means that I, I should call the one-eight hundred number so you hear like about <laughs> the shows. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I'm actually I, I'm the number one seed in the FFPC main event league, and I, I was twelfth overall. In the Ooh. FFPC main event, right now I dropped back to 50th, um, but I'm still number one seed in my, in my league and uh, holding it up. So I, it's it's been a solid season. I'm not, you know, I'm not there. I, I think I just looked at it right now. I think I'm going to make the playoffs in 19 out of 24. So have wow. a pretty good year.
0: I think that's a better it's a better percentage than me, that's for sure. So, um, so do you want to stay? We I, I, can I, can right, I can do five. I can do five. I can do five minutes. There we go. So let's do it. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to start the clock. First of all, the first thing I will say to start the five-minute fantasy segment, uh, is Alexander Madison should be on everyone's list. Pick up Alexander Madison right now. He's somehow he's available. Scoop him yeah. right this second. Uh, him and Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, uh, another guy. Same one, right? McCaffrey's done for the year. Pick him up. Uh, um, I'll
2: throw it out there. I, with, if you look at the schedule for Carolina coming up, they have a stretch where I think there's a wonky game this week but then it, uh, when they come out of the bye. Um, but then it goes Tampa Bay, Buffalo, yeah. Carolina, or uh, somebody else in Tampa Bay, uh, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Those are right. four straight games. Four straight games that it might wow. be a negative game script. There's a chance Amir Abdullah is the better back to grab out of that Carolina backfield because I think you might get some of those receiving down touches late and some of those like oh hey he's got six points and then in the last drive of the game he gets four catches for 40 yards on dump offs um so if you're really scrapping if you just lost McCaffrey if you just lost Delvin Cook if you know you just lost Debo and you're looking to punch somebody into a, a flex spot I actually don't think Amir Abdullah is a crazy lottery ticket
0: I like that that's that's a that's a really good take I like that a lot so this is and this is it. For most people, this is the last week of the regular season. So this is like moving week, two, right?
3: Two left right here. Two left? Six so spots. Six spots. So I'm, that's I'm it. Limping to the finish line.
0: And this is where this is where we are, right? I'm in like, I'm like six and six in like three different leagues. I had yep. I'm in i I'm five and seven in one of them. And and I was like, man, I uh I lost two back to back games. One of them Stafford and Cupper on the bye, and the next one I lost by I boss by two and a half points. And dropped me to five and seven, and it's like I was five and five I was right there, mm. and now it's like I'm probably not gonna make the playoffs. So, um, you know, but it is what it is, right? And that's and that, but that's the fun of fantasy football is that you kind of have, kind of have those things. You know what I mean? Now, if are you a uh, are you a dynasty guy as well, Greg?
2: Mix. Uh, I, I have a handful of dynasty. So My favorite team one. Team. Um, I have a league that I'm in that we're in our 18th year. Uh, all and the same 12 guys have been in it for 15 to the 18 years. Um, and it's a keeper league, so that one's not full dynasty, but we roll over three but guys enough. each year. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm in, I think, five dynasty leagues.
0: Wowza. So now, are you all right? Here's a question I had for you: Cordell Patterson. I have Cordell Patterson mm-hmm. on a, on a, on a team for me right now. Clearly, if you're if you're in a if you're in a one year only in your league, you're not touching Cordell Patterson, obviously. But if you're in a dynasty league or even a keeper league for that matter, and let's say you're let's say you're competing but not the number one seed, right? You might have a shot at the championship, but you're not really 100 percent sure. Would you move Patterson for significant significant value that won't come come to fruition now, but will later? Say a first round pick and some a pick a rookie that you like who really isn't killing it right now, but you think has a future, right? Would you make that move?
2: So I am a huge advocate of you try to win all the time. Right. Fantasy football is about winning. It's about getting winning your money back. It's about being able to compete. Um, I also try to try to tell people we're really, really bad at who's going to do good at fantasy (laughs) Sunday. We're really, really bad at knowing who's going to be good in four days. You think you're going to tell me, you know, who's going to be good in three years? No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. You have no idea. We're bad at who's going to be good in four days. So I always try to win. I always have a win now mentality. I I don't try to like sell off every single asset. I still try to be balanced and try to, you know, build competitive teams that can be sustainable. But you know, guys like Adam Thielen this year that you get super late in Dynasty Leagues like, oh, man, he's going to be old and fall off. And he just keeps scoring touchdowns. It's totally fine. Right. Um, so Cordero Patterson is, if I have any chance to compete, I don't. If I truly don't, if I'm really just barely clawing to get in or not going to make the playoffs, I don't know that I bet on. It took a pretty perfect storm right. for this level I, now, I think he's a piece of their puzzle next year. I don't think he just goes away. I think that they think they have a little something here. But Calvin Ridley being out, Kyle Pitts first year, no other, you know, they kind of spent a little bit of money in Mike Davis, but no draft pick in the backfield. It took a really perfect storm of this much volume to drive his value. Now he's been super efficient and put up some crazy numbers. So if you got offered something legitimate, like you have somebody who would give you, um a cam acres or a jk dobbins that hey they're trying to compete and they're going to give you a piece that hey i know i can count on that piece next year yes i wouldn't just give him away for anything i wouldn't just throw him away for for some flyer or some lower third fourth tier guy but if you got a legitimate asset for him i i think you'd have to consider it Uh, but again if you have any chance to win i always advocate win Try to go on a run. Wild card teams who are the six seed go on to win championships all the time. You just got to get hot at the right time. I, I have a Tim Hightower championship, uh, you know, uh, under my belt. You don't have to have big names to be able to win a title. You got to get the guys to get hot at the right time. That's it.
0: That's 100 percent it.
2: Alexander Madison's going to win somebody a title.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. So that's it. That's the timer. So, awesome. uh, so that was a, that was a solid five minute fantasy segment there. We love it. Uh, we love it. So, Greg, before, much, you guys. before we let you go, just give yourself a quick shout-out, where people can read you, see you, hear you, find you, everything else.
2: Awesome. Yeah, you can find me at Greg Thompson on Twitter. I, I try to be even-handed, but I certainly am a Bills homer, <laughs> so you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, but we do a lot of really good work at Cover One. We do tons of draft work. We do a fantasy show. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff on there that a lot of fans can, can enjoy and be able to take advantage of. Um, so come on over, check us out at cover CoverOne.net, our uh, YouTube channel on Cover One. Uh, check out our draft stuff. Check out our fantasy stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it.
0: Fantastic! Thanks um, so we'll, much for thanks coming thanks. on. Man. We'll, we'll it. talk to you in a few weeks. We'll
3: talk oh, to you next.
2: Week. Well, well, yeah, I'll be uh, happy to come back on later, guys. <laughs> all right, all right man.
0: Thank see you me. later. All right, that was great. Greg's Greg's the best. Love that guy. So um, I think that's it. We don't have we don't really have anything else lined up, do yeah. really. uh, Love
1: you guys, everybody. Thank you for listening. I gotta go. I'm like, yep. I vegans
0: has gotta go. All right, all guys. We'll all guys. go. We'll all sign off. On yep. That. We'll see you. <laughs> see you guys.